This is an APTA podcast. Welcome to PTJ Author Interviews. PTJ Editor-in-Chief Alan Jetty talks with authors about the most interesting and sometimes surprising aspects of their work. And now, Dr. Jetty. I want to welcome listeners to this latest PTJ podcast. This is Alan Jetty, Editor-in-Chief of PTJ, and today I'm delighted to have as my guest Dr. Aaron Kyle, who's a board-certified orthopedic clinical specialist with the Department of Physical Therapy at the University of Illinois at Chicago College of Applied Health Sciences. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you, Dr. Jetty. I appreciate the invitation. Today we're going to talk about a study that uh, Dr. Kyle and his colleagues published recently in PTJ entitled Ordering of Diagnostic Imaging by Physical Therapists, a Five-Year Retrospective Practice Analysis. This was a really interesting study, Aaron, I think really quite um, quite timely. I'll give a brief summary and then we can talk about it. The primary objective was to examine the appropriateness of diagnostic imaging studies ordered by 10 civilian physical therapists from one academic medical center. The secondary objectives were also to track reimbursement data for the imaging and overall utilization rates. The electronic medical record was viewed for each patient who had an imaging referred by the physical therapist. Relevant clinical exam findings and patient history were then provided to a radiologist who applied the American College of Radiology appropriateness criteria to give a judgment of appropriateness of the order. Of the total imaging studies ordered by PTs, 91% were considered appropriate by the radiologists. And overall, utilization rates per direct access evaluation were 9% for plain film x-rays and 4% for advanced imaging. Reimbursement was 100%. So, Aaron, the use of diagnostic imaging by PTs is currently quite common practice in several countries that you note in your article, including Australia, Canada, the U.K., the Netherlands, Norway, and South Africa. PTs in the U.S. who are in the military have had these privileges uh, for decades as well. Why do you think the civilian U.S. is so far behind these other countries and the U.S. military? You know, change uh, can be difficult. Even even really wonderful change can be really difficult. And in my experience, I think PTs just aren't quite sure where to start. I've encountered quite a few civilian PTs who would like to have privileges to order imaging, but the roadmap to get there is is really uh, hard to figure out. And so I feel like staff therapists, for the most part, because they're not sure where to start, and it seems kind of ominous to begin down this journey, they, they typically don't. Um, I was in that, that same category at Georgetown before we adopted um, this practice privilege there. And it was a little ominous, to, to be honest, not understanding really what the Practice Act said at the time and what our hospital might say. So I think for the most part, people just aren't sure where to go with what they want to do, and so they, they don't do anything, unfortunately. Well, let's talk a little bit about Georgetown. How was this privilege achieved by the physical therapy department? And how unusual is that in the civilian healthcare industry in the U.S.? We decided early on to link 
the goal of having privileges to order imaging directly with the goal of having direct access. And I would say by far that decision was was more critical than any other piece of our journey. And um, the why I say that is direct access was was a, a pretty clear-cut um, situation in D.C. at that time, meaning the Practice Act had been formally updated two years prior. The language was super clear that it was completely fine for therapists to see patients without a referral, <clears throat> and yet that practice had not been adopted at the hospital yet. So we thought we wanted to not only bring direct access to the hospital, but it was a, a, a timely discussion to, to at least um, bring up the idea of what other resources might physical therapists need who are going to function in that role. And so, as you mentioned earlier, we uh, actually pointed to our friends in the military and said that they've been doing this for quite some time, and they have privileges to, to order images. Maybe we should consider the same thing. And I'm so glad we did that because it, it just made sense every time we, we pitched it, so to speak, that way to, to different people along the, uh, the chain of command. You know, heads would nod up and down saying, yeah, I guess that, that kind of makes sense uh, that, that uh, you would need that. And uh, there were part of our leadership team early on that, that we weren't really sure wanted to go that route. They thought it might be a little bit too risky to link the two together. Um, thankfully, we, we came to a consensus that we thought if, if one fails, both will fail, but if one wins, both will win, and we decided to go that route. Yeah. Well, you certainly were successful. I was also struck in reading your article that you quoted only one study in the U.S. that looked at the appropriateness and utilization of diagnostic imaging by PTs. Why do you think there's so little research on this topic? I would have thought, for example, there would have been a lot of research in the military on this topic. Not the case, eh? Not the case, at least not in in the the same way that we studied it. Uh, the military does uh, produce a decent number of articles related to the clinical impact, um, you know, the the what, the so what of imaging and how it impacts uh, clinical care. And so we're thankful for our friends in the military for that. To our knowledge, as you mentioned, there is only one study to date, and it was a military study that looked at utilization rate and overall appropriateness. So I think there is a wealth of data available to our military friends, and I'm hopeful that at some point maybe someone will access that data and produce some more studies. In the civilian world, as we've talked about already, it's just not common practice yet. And because it's not common, there just isn't much data out there available, I think, to study. Well, during your study, there were a total of just over 500 new direct access evaluations by the therapists and a total of 2,483 visits. And within this population, there were 63 imaging referrals, 43 of which were radiographs, 20 of which were advanced images. And the overall utilization per direct access evaluation was 12.5% and the imaging utilization per visit was 2.5%. In your reading of the literature, how do these rates compare to those ordered by other first contact providers? Are they uh, uh, comparable or are they quite different? I would say quite different, but to be fair, the, the patient population, when we talk about other first contact providers, may also be a bit different, meaning 
PTs are, are, are pretty much seeing patients who have uh, painful situations that are, are almost, not always, but usually related to a musculoskeletal condition, whereas uh, primary care physicians may be seeing patients who have, have a host of other complaints as well, in addition to maybe pain in their back or whatnot. So to, to compare apples to apples is a little bit tough, but... Uh, to answer your question, we've we've read as high as 30 plus percent is not uncommon for referral rates um, during that first evaluation session with other providers that can order imaging. So our rates are significantly lower. The the one study that did compare um, physical therapists and uh, how often they order as I mentioned, was a military study, and their um, advanced imaging rate was a bit higher as well as their x-ray rate was a little bit higher, but they were an acute sports injury clinic, so they're, they're seeing fresh uh, injuries yeah. that, that may necessitate imaging more so than a general orthopedic population. Did you look, Aaron, at whether or not the rates of use change year to year as therapists became more comfortable with the privilege? We did not. Uh, maybe that's another study. We were pretty careful with how we ordered, uh, particularly when we when we launched the initiative. Meaning, not everybody could just order whenever they wanted. There was a, a screening process that we created internally, particularly for advanced imaging. Um, a staff therapist would need to come to a senior clinician first, discuss their case, uh, kind of make a. a a judgment as to why they wanted an advanced image, and then if the senior therapist agreed, they would go ahead and, and order. Um, and I think because we had that filter in place, maybe our numbers were even a little bit lower than they would have been. And I'm sorry we didn't ask you to post that protocol as supplemental material to your article, because I think people might be very interested in it. You know, you had 108 image referrals in, in the um, evaluation by the radiologist. 91% were judged appropriate. And of the 10 cases that were not, those were the MRI tests. Can you talk about why those were deemed as outliers as the judgment of the radiologist? Absolutely. So uh, to be clear, the paper also describes this, but the scale that we used um, – was from the American College of Radiology Guidelines, and, and it's a, a numeric scale of one to nine. Seven and above is what we use for our study to classify an exam as appropriate. I, I want to say the ACR guidelines also says uh, a number four, five, or six uh, could be appropriate depending on the situation. So it isn't an automatic um, wrong order if it was a lower number. We wanted to set the bar pretty high for our study, so we, we again, classified all orders as appropriate if they reached the, the seven uh, numerical threshold. The 10 cases, as mentioned in the paper, uh, had to do with all MRIs, and the majority of those cases were ordered by one senior clinician who had extensive history in the use of diagnostic ultrasound. Uh, he was an Australian-trained therapist who was just a, a wonderful practitioner who routinely used ultrasound um, on his patients to uh, help him understand if, if further imaging would be necessary. And so in many of those cases, he used ultrasound instead of plain film x-rays uh, to justify an additional advanced image. 
Um, the other handful of cases were very much related to soft tissue uh, injuries, meaning an ACL tear, an MCL tear. And although the ACR guidelines still recommend a, a, an X-ray, um, these cases were so clear uh, that the ligament was, was badly damaged, those therapists uh, decided to order the MRI right off the bat. Figuring it would be more useful than the X-ray. Correct. Uh, in total, there were 88 patients who had diagnostic imaging referrals placed by the PT, and 28% of the cases, physical therapy was stopped or deferred until consultation with another healthcare provider could occur. Close to half continued with their physical therapy without additional referral after the results of the imaging were obtained, and 21% tested negative for significant uh, pathology, which allowed the physical therapy management to continue. Uh, were you surprised by this distribution? Uh, I had no basis for evaluating whether that was to be expected or really was atypical. What's your thought on that? Yeah, I'm not sure I would say we were surprised, but we were more maybe thankful that the numbers weren't higher for catching really um, ominous uh, things, meaning um, physical therapists, by and large, I think are very mindful about the possibility of underlying sinister conditions, you know, accompanying some of these musculoskeletal complaints. And uh, in the back of your mind, that's kind of what you're always thinking is, oh, this is this is cancer, it's a tumor, it's a growth, it's yep. something worse yep. than, than what I'm hoping it is. And thankfully, we saw that in most cases, what our concern was, was actually ruled out effectively through imaging, which in our opinion, is a really big win. To catch a tumor is, is helpful for the patient and, and to put them on the right track to get the care that they need, but to rule out a tumor is even better. You know, uh, yeah. I think our patients would agree. So we did catch some things that, that were definitely outside our scope of practice, and that's certainly one role of imaging, but just to understand what is within our scope of practice is, is arguably even more valuable. Well, I think your study will be very valuable as more research is done on this topic so we can really begin to look at and compare across different kinds of practices as the use of imaging becomes more more common and more frequent. But I want to I thank you for taking the time both to talk to me about your study today and for publishing it in PTJ. I really enjoyed it, and uh, I look forward to seeing future work from you and your colleagues. Thank you, Aaron. Well, I really appreciate the privilege, Dr. J, for the, the talk today and for also for PTJ being willing to accept the papers. So I really appreciate everything. This is an APTA podcast.